What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongol Show, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Josh and Steve. The Hounds drew 1-1 with the Miami FC, and we're going to break down our thoughts while also looking ahead to Indy tomorrow night, Tampa on Saturday night, and so on and so forth. Gentlemen, how are things? Steve, haven't talked to you in a while. What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, yeah, uh, work. Playing with the dog, taking him to the dog park, going on hikes with them, seven and a half miles uh, on Saturday. That was great. Then went out to the game, sitting in the sun. Uh, I slept really well the past few nights. Um, yeah, uh, you know, being a grad student while working full time, uh, it's what it is. So um, I'm looking forward to those days that we do get out to the stadium because it's a really nice reprieve from everything else going on. Is that uh, is that one of Hugh Roberts' t-shirts that I spot that you rocking is, there? That is it. Yeah. yeah but- it's backwards on the yeah on the 40 for the culture shirt yeah yep. yep yeah very nice very nice the, the gray one as well uh had that on last weekend at the game so um they're super comfortable if you haven't gotten one and you want to get one uh they're awesome they're real comfortable real soft so there's my plug awesome josh how are things were you melting in the stands this week just like last week it was much much nicer in the stands this this week as far as temperature goes um i do have a small beef with steve here the one show i miss and you get a crack the first victory beverage <laughs> of the season i have yet to be able to do such a thing sir <laughs> just letting you know I, I, I wasn't trying to like steal your thunder but i was like it can't thunder not stolen. happen <laughs> <laughs> I gra- right before we started recording, I grabbed a, a can of something out of the fridge, and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh no, oh, no, yeah. no, no victory beverage yeah. yet." So yeah. I go um, on vacation, and that's yep. the only one we've had so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, hey, that's your permission to go on vacation more often. So yeah, there you go. yeah. Well, my next one's at the end of July, so we'll see. Yeah, well, good. What do we need well, to do to get you on vacation now? I was gonna say, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we don't have to wait till the end of July for our next win. That would be uh, not great. Um, but yeah, talking about merch, I'm rocking the, uh, the USL women's league hat, the support local hat, which, uh, they announced officially, Josh, you sort of, I don't say you broke the news, but the news broke while we were doing the show last week. And so we talked about it a little bit and then they announced the following day, all of the teams that are involved and how it's going to be sort of a developmental league, um, similar to, to, it sounds like USL league one almost, but for the women's side. Um, I think there's six teams, six or eight teams that are starting things off. Uh, the Hounds aren't one of them, but hopefully at some point, maybe we'll see who knows, fingers crossed, because um, it would be great to, to see a, a women Hounds team. Um, but obviously that's not, that wouldn't be the only women's team in town. Um, talking of sporting local or supporting local, not sporting local, although <laughs> that could be a team name. Anyway, supporting local, got to plug real quick. Hotspur's men team is uh, is on a tear. They're currently 4-1-0, and, and they sit in second place in the Rust Belt division of the NPSL, just behind Cleveland. So they are tearing it up. The Hotspur's women's team is 1-1-1, one, one, and they are also second in their conference in the WPSL, which is awesome. And so for those who aren't familiar with the NPSL or the WPSL, um, the seasons are a lot shorter, so they really only have about a month left to play. So if you want to go check out a game, which you should absolutely go check out the game, uh, go check out hotspurs dot or hotspurs dash soccer.com. You get their full schedule. You can see where they're playing. They got some awesome kits, like almost better looking than the hounds kits, um, merch, all of that. So you got to go check it out. Hotspurs dash soccer.com. Um, yeah, I hold that almost all lower division teams have like the best kits. Like I, I feel like there's something with like the higher up in the divisions you get, especially in American sport. It's like, everything's a little bit more, same Z like, Oh, we have a theme this year. All the teams are doing this, you know, it kind of feels more cookie cutter, but you get down to like the lower league teams and there's just some really nice kits yeah. and, they, and they're not afraid to do crazy stuff with them. So it's yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. Really disappointed. We we talked a little bit off air about the euros and like, even just looking at what it's England's kits and America's kits are essentially the exact same thing. It's the night kits. They're solid colors with like the lightning stripe down the side. And it's like, Come on, like there, there are countries out there that have amazing designs, mm-hmm. but it feels like you know a lot of the the prominent ones. It's like, nope, we're not taking any chances. We want to sell as many of these as we can. You get the cookie cutter, and that's it. And it's just 
Blah. <laughs> so, any uh, any highlights for you guys from the Euros so far? I I mean, there's the low light, obviously, of Christian yeah. Eriksen, but like, yeah, yeah, that was just so terrifying, and yeah, that maybe it's kind of hard to think of anything else when you think of the Euros right now, other than that. Yeah, um, I wasn't actually like even paying attention to the game. I just had it on in the background, and I was I think I we were doing dishes or something like that, and I like walked in the living room to put some uh, dishes away at the bar, and as I'm walking back, I'm just like. What what what's going on? Like, <laughs> just confused, and yeah, yeah, it was just terrifying. Yeah, they, they everybody's been saying that you know, regardless of who wins this year, that the the lasting image is going to be the Denmark team like standing around him, keeping him out of view from everybody, and just the fact that I, I was having this conversation with my wife this morning, like you can pretty much do, you know, anything you want to try to stay in shape and whatever. And, and if you watch any of the documentaries about these guys going into camps for their, um, for their club teams, like the number of tests that they're put through mm -hmm. to check every, I mean, these guys are machines and here you have a case of, he just like cardiac arrest just collapses on the field. It's insane. So yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Glad to see he's back and talking to people and stuff, you know, it'd be interesting to see sort of what happens with his career from here on out, what he decides to do. Um, he's a phenomenal player, but just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we got to talk about this draw guys. So, <laughs> uh, obviously Miami come to town first time ever hounds get a one, one draw. I think there's a lot of different takeaways. Um, Steve, I will open with you first. Give me a takeaway. What did you What did you think about this one? We need to figure out how to finish. I I, I felt that there was a lot of good that I saw uh, throughout the game from the Hounds. Um, I mean, they didn't put together, I think, a complete performance just yet. Uh, but we convert a couple more chances, and we're dominating that game, right? Like, I, I think we can talk about giving up that goal to Francois. Um, which yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Like, what, when when did he learn to not side net that? Right? Like, how many times have I seen him side net that at high mark? Um, <laughs> but but no, right? Like like it shouldn't have made a difference. Like there were some questionable uh, things uh, from the refs, but but I by no means felt like the refs changed the game in terms of like we had plenty of opportunities to score three or four goals. Um, and, and in good opportunities, and we should have had more. Um, and so for me, it's when do we start taking those shots and when do we start putting things away? Yeah. That's my take Josh, away. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that this game, I felt better watching this game than I've felt watching probably any other Hounds game so far. Um, as far as, like, the performance on the field, especially live, I mean, granted, the mm – -hmm. The games we've had live are in front of Highmark uh, at Highmark have not been the greatest, but uh, it felt like this team could be something great uh, watching this game. Uh, it is just just the final little bit of it, you know, like they're just not quite over that finish line as far as uh, quality in the final third and just being greedy for pass or for shooting on goal. Like it doesn't feel like anyone's really like out to get that goal everyone's a little bit more afraid of it and like kind of passing it and hoping for someone to get a better shot than they have um so that confidence right there but with that said i mean cicerone is looking good and and dixon is mm -hmm. is amazing like what he's been able to do has been fantastic and it's it's a situation where i feel like this team is on the cusp now like and, and i we've been saying that for a while but i haven't really felt it too much like it's been like oh yeah okay like coach is saying they're looking good and you know that kind of stuff but this is the first time i actually like watched the game and felt it like the whole time like okay this this could this could be it and and man high mark was jumping like it was like the the most fans we've had in this in the stands so far and it felt it and it, the atmosphere was great and i don't know if it, it came across over the feed but like the whole crowd was engaged like at the end there like people booing because the ref you know whistled for the game to be over even though there should have been a corner kick you know he was saying it was a goal kick but like everyone was like booing and i was like all right all right you guys care this is good like I, yeah <laughs> you just like to yeah. see that passion from the fans so yeah yeah 
Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, you, you're talking about it sort of being right on the cusp. That was something that our buddy John from USL Tax Tactics pointed out a few weeks ago, saying that, you know, he felt like the Hounds were a little bit just a step off. And he did another review of them this past week, and you could see it where it, it definitely felt like things are starting to gel a little bit more. Um, we've had we've seen a lot of comments, uh, you know, thanks to everybody who have been commenting on Twitter and, and Facebook and all of that. Um sort of echoing what you guys are saying where like people just need to take a chance. People need to shoot. People need to be brave. I think one of those players that earlier in the season I was more down on was Alex Dixon. And I think there were a couple times in this game, he's not afraid to take somebody on. He, he looks like he is actively having fun on the field, which I think is something that you don't see from a lot of guys. Um, you know, the, 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 comparison that I make to him simply because I follow Aston Villa is he felt a little like the USL Jack Grealish a little bit in that he plays out wide on the left. He can create chances. He was creating havoc. He's taking guys on um, I, more of that, please. Like, and, and I think if we can sort of build a team where you have him down the left, Cicerone on the right, like I know we like to do a lot of rotation and all of that, but I think the more that we can start to settle into a lineup where these guys are consistently playing with each other and knowing, I mean, in that in, in, in the case of our goal, Miami had tracked back well. They had twice as many players in their box as we had Hounds players, and Dixon still knew where to pick mm -hmm. out Cicerone for that, for that shot. And so that only comes from um, playing together and knowing where each other is going to be. And yeah, so... Yeah, that's my thought there. What else? Uh, what else did you guys see? What were any concerns? Any additional concerns? Any thoughts? What are we thinking? Okay, I, it, let's talk about the other goal, the, the crappy goal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you knew. I like just going to the game. I'm thinking like uh, Francois. This isn't gonna be like I. I just felt it, it was gonna be him. If they were gonna score, it was going to be him. <sighs> I've watched the replay a couple times now because live I was a little bit more frustrated. Mm -hmm. But first off, coming off the line, Vidiello, like just completely whiffing on the ball. And like, I, I don't know, I felt like that. There much to be desired there. Let's just put it that way. And then the clearance. I, okay, actually, in the nose, it's good. Uh, in the nose right now, you have Killoween, uh can't be blamed for that. I, uh, mm. Are you sure? Are you sure okay. he can't be blamed for that? I, so no, I, I don't think he can. Ah, oh, come on. I, I was blaming <laughs> him in the moment, Josh. Mm. I was I was like, really? Like, how do you misplay that? But then when I was going back and re-watching it, like, I mean, you see him falling to the back of the net because he's moving so fast to cover that line. So maybe you could blame him because he's out of position. But, I mean, he's running full sprint to get on that line, tries to make the clearance, and he, like, he just can't, because of where his step is, get his right foot up so he has to go with his left and it hits off wrong hits the post and he falls into the net like I, for yeah. me it's it's either francois made the brilliant touch around videello or videello should have done something but to blame it on Killwine of all people like like he's got the least blame in my mind yeah that's sort of where i land too especially what was it last week that he had that goal line clearance like we can't keep relying mm -hmm. on Killwine to be our second keeper so, like, the fact that he was there, if he would have saved it, we would have been like, ah, like, we would have lost our minds. Mm -hmm. But he was there, and he tried, and it hit the post, and, like, yeah. So, I, he shouldn't have had to have been there in the first mm -hmm. place, is, is the way I sort of see it. But yeah. I get your point, Josh, of, like, you're a pro, the ball's at your feet, you should be able to clear it. But the counter argument, I think, that we're making is, like, he shouldn't have had to be there anyway. So. I mean, it sounds like you guys are saying the defender shouldn't have to defend, which I don't agree with. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's it's in the job title. Um, <laughs> but, no, I hear what you're saying. I get, what you, I, I get it. And Although I will say it, it did go off of him, so I think it should be an own goal. And I think it, Prince Paul yeah. should not have that goal under his belt. <laughs> I, I, you know, you just, just want to mm, – mm, yeah, exactly. Just like, mm, just, mm, yeah. something here, yeah. all right? Yeah. <laughs> so – so on that topic, because you asked the question, Mike, about takeaways from that, right? Like yeah. defending, right? Like that that's my big takeaway of this game of are we really as good as we want to be with defending? I mean, I've been saying it all season. We don't have that leadership. But then I started to realize what keeps happening. And I noticed it. The first substitution of the game was a center back. 
And that's interesting to me, right? Like, mm -hmm. and that's not the first time that's happened. So mm -hmm. I like, I want to be like, like inside Bob's mind to know what he's thinking in that moment, because you're changing the center back pairings to start this game, but then you're still making a substitution. So I, I just, I don't know how much he trusts the center backs or what, or if he's still trying to find what works. And, and again, I come back to where's our defensive leadership. That's, we get that. And I think we're good. Yeah. I, I made note of that as well, where in a game where it's one, one and you're at home and you're pressing it, you, you would hope that we are pressing for the second goal. Mm -hmm. The fact that your first two subs are defenders, mm -hmm. it was kind of like, oh, like, come on, man. Like, now, granted, if he would have taken off at that point, Dixon or Cicerone or, or Griffin or Kenny, I would have been like, what are you doing? Like, these are our best chance creators right here. But still, yeah, I, I mean, that's a good point, Steve. That's very, very telling. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like, so, like, would you have rather seen Velarde come in earlier for Cicerone? Like, I don't think that's the I, answer. No, I don't. I don't know that that's the answer. I just find it interesting that that's the substitution. That's yeah, a center back for a center back. Um, yeah, as opposed to saying in that situation, a somebody like yeah Velarde or even Danny Rivera for a center back, right? Like, like something yeah. that's a little more offensive, but a straight swap at center back, that's what puzzles me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely see like uh, Wharton coming out earlier, mm -hmm. maybe. I mean, th there are players I feel mm -hmm. like could have came out. Uh, I don't know, Griffin, maybe? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like who you swap out at near, yeah. you know, when you're, you're pushing for a goal. Um, right. I'm just a little bit worried that the best offense we have is already on that field and switching anyone out isn't going to make the offense better mm -hmm. unless we were to completely change formation and get rid of a defender. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you, you do in that situation. Um, but yeah, I, I, a lot of, I saw a lot of people saying online that like feeling like Lily is overthinking it and, and causing more harm than good. Do you guys see that? Because I like I, personally for myself, I don't really know if I agree with that, but I can see people thinking like he's getting inside his own head and making choices that are just questionable, uh, tinkering when he doesn't need to be tinkering. I mean, I think that my my objection, and you know, I use the word objection softly here to to that sub is that in that moment, I would hope that we're making changes not just to make changes. We're making changes that are hopefully tactical in the effort to try to score more goals. And these felt like just straight swaps, which implies more to me fitness and like ability to keep up with the game, which again, when we're seven games in, um, you know, that's, that's a little bit concerning. Um, you know, Berger Brand just uh, just shared with us. He thinks he was making sure that we get a draw out of this instead of a possible loss. And like, I think that maybe that could be part of it too, which is also worrying when you're as dominant as you are in this home game against Miami. I mean, what do you guys? What do you think about that, Josh? What are your thoughts on you? You keep that one point instead of going for three. No, no, not at home. Not when you haven't won a game at home yet. You don't you don't go for the draw. If your mindset is we have to save this point, that's the wrong mindset. I, in my opinion, at this point, uh, you know, it's you should be going for that win. You should not be trying like, oh, let's just scrape by with a point. No, like get the win at home. That's, you know, the goal <laughs> of the game. And I feel like if you're the home team and you're drawing and especially if it's not against like a giant team like that, you know, you're it's going to be top of the, the league. If it's just a, another regular team, which Miami for all intents and purposes doesn't seem all that fantastic. In fact, now they have the exact same record as we do. Um, it, you go for the win at home. If you're not winning at home, you're losing in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but my thing is like, that's the, if I got it correct, that's four games in a row where the first substitution or set of substitutions has included a defender coming in. Like, how much tactical change is that? Okay, sometimes it's a wing back, but 
like, are we really creating much of a different look at that point? And, and yeah, I, I agree. Like, I want to see something that changes the game. If it is to get a draw, then I'm not happy with, with that, right? Like, I would rather lose the game than play for a draw if we're going for those risky decisions and we're splitting them 50-50, right? If we're getting draws every week, rather than win-loss, 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 we're coming out behind. So I'd rather gamble and win 50% of the time and lose 50% of the time than draw every time. Yeah, that's fair. Let me ask you guys this. You know, I think heading into this game, um, honestly, I was not feeling good. I, I, I wasn't liking our chances. How did you guys actually feel when the game was over? Like, do you feel like we... Are, I mean, we talked a little bit how we're on like the cusp of something, but do you feel good like after this game is over? Do you, are you like meh? Are you still disappointed? Like Josh, how how do you feel about this team? We're gonna we're gonna transition here in a minute to you know we're playing Indy tomorrow night. We got Tampa on the weekend. Like, what do you, how are you feeling about this? I mean, this was definitely the game out of those three that I felt like you know we could get the win and go into those two games uh, a little bit more with the, you know, the wind in our sails. So it, it, it is very disappointing that we didn't get the win. Um, but with all that said, this game still felt better than any other game at Highmark. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it felt like a good game and I might even say it felt like one of the better games we've seen uh, this season, um, just as far as performances and in passion, I guess it's the word I'm looking for. It, it felt like the team was more, willing to take chances with that said they didn't take enough chances still like there's still that issue it's not like it was completely perfect um and the fact that you know it comes down again to like people feeling like the refs were bad and that the calls weren't going our way and like i don't want that to matter like i i feel like that's always going to be the case where the refing isn't the greatest and that's something we we know we've seen in usl it just isn't the greatest the goal is to make it so it doesn't matter that the calls aren't always going our way because we're not relying on the refs to, you know, a PK to give us the win. Like we should be good enough where we don't need that assistance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think I pretty much agree with that. Um, For me, I'm watching this game. I feel like everything is there other than the finishing. And I think I said that at the beginning Um, and, and to Josh's point, right? Like I would be ticked about, the outcome of this game if that elbow on Wharton ended up in that opportunity going in and the final score was 2-1, right? You know what? Good shot over the bar. Ended up not mattering. Still should have been a card. Should have been a call. But it wasn't. Like, it's USL refing. It, okay. it didn't end up in a change of score. Um, there were a couple, a couple times where, I mean, in the stands, people were shouting for penalty opportunities there was uh what looked like it could have been a handball in the box um that's that's what we get and you know what when i'm in the stands i'm shouting at the refs when i step back and i get back home and and now i've got a couple days i'm like yeah you know what like that's what happens um and that last one like honestly like fair play to the defender i don't think it was a penalty everybody wanted it to be a penalty in the moment um, but even in, in real time, I was like, I don't think that's a penalty because it looked like the defender got his foot in, played the ball, and Dequa kicked him in the back of the calf, and that's why Dequa went down, right? Like, it, it, instead, Dequa needs to not let that happen and try to convert that into an opportunity. And that's what I'm talking about when I say we need to be winning those balls. We need to be taking more good shots. We need to not be dancing around at the top of the 18, passing it back and forth, and trying to find the cheeky shot drive it through, look for that deflection, make them make the defending play instead of us having to make the brilliant goal. I was going to question you and say, oh, are you saying that you're a biased fan, Steve? Like thinking <laughs> oh, one thing moment? at the stands. And, hmm, yes. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, so like, I, this is a little bit of an aside, but uh, there, there was a time uh, two seasons ago where it's like, I, I'll, I'll shout at the refs, right? Like uh, Justin's sitting next to me. Other people are with me and I'm shouting at the ref and it's the end of the game. And I've been shouting at the ref, but I would always make sure like I shout at the ref, sir. And I just gave up at this point. Right. And this like young, probably 13 year old kid turns around and just goes, sir, at me. Cause that's, what I do people. Like, that's how I do it. And I didn't do it that time. And I was just like, okay, this is who I am. This is who I am. I have to it. <laughs> um, 
I want to come back to Dequa because I, I feel like we've sort of been dancing around this a little bit. Our buddy Matt Geica uh, shared a comment. I've been surprised that Dequa hasn't been um, as active ver as as late last season. Maybe that attacking group could be better with Cicerone underneath Dequa and Dixon. Um, thanks, Matt, for the comment. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Dequa? I mean, I think I, it's it's well documented. Um, not my, I, I don't disdain him. I think he's a perfectly good player. <laughs> Justin will tell you that I hate him. I don't hate him. Um, but I do feel like out of that attacking trio of Cicerone, Dixon, and Dequa, I don't know if it's just Dequa's role is to sort of like push the high line and try to like keep the defense back to make room for Cicerone and Dixon to move underneath or what, but how are you guys feeling about sort of Dequa so far this season and I guess general thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately I don't have very many thoughts on him just cause I feel like it hasn't been the best showing from him. So it's kind of like, okay, forgettable. Um, I, you know, I do think, Last season, he seemed like a bigger piece of our attack, and this year, just like meh, so far at least. Yeah. So my take on that is last year he was looked at when he was in the game because most of the time he wasn't in the game with Mensa. He was looked at as the guy that was spearheading the attack. Um, so I feel like he's taking a different role this year because we're playing with two out and out forwards and oftentimes with a third forward sitting in behind. So his role is a little different. And I, I guess I don't know what to make of that, but I think the pressure's off him a little bit when you've got Dixon and Cicerone on the field as well. Um, but I wanna see him making those runs. I don't want him fading into the background in that. So I, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Bob talked about it when you talked to him that, uh, he felt like it was a really hard call um, and that he was really glad that he kept Dequa, could have kept Mensa because they were both great players and he really liked both of them. Um, I want to see more from Dequa. I want to see him getting involved. Um, I want to see him being on the end of one of Dixon's passes or making that pass to Dixon or Cicerone. Um, because otherwise, like the biggest thing I've seen from him is he's pulling defenders away, which is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see him actually being the player that is contributing statistically uh, on the offense at this point. Uh, and that's got to change. I mean, I just said it in the last thing I was talking about, right? Like, we need to be taking those shots. He needs to be taking shots. Yeah. He's one of those players. I mean, and I will say, too, I think that the role that Deke was playing this season feels like it could be, I think we've, you guys have already said it, it's slightly different. I think whereas he was relied upon to be sort of the creator last season, mm -hmm. he very much is doing all the dirty work. He's he's putting the press on the guys uh, when the defense has the ball. He is the first line of attack pushing forward, like you said, to open up space underneath. For in this game, it was Kenny who was right behind him so that Kenny is getting the opportunity to take shots. So it's more of a thankless position. I just think that after last season, a lot of us were anticipating, you know, him coming out and, and burying a few. And obviously, you know, it's still early, but mm -hmm. it will be interesting to see how his role continues to evolve over the course of the season and what that ultimately means for all of the other players around him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Interesting takes on Dequa. Um, I guess, guys, any other thing, anything else from this game that you want to talk about before we uh, move on and talk a little bit about Indy tomorrow night? Um, Adam Marks brought up a good point. I don't know if you, you highlight that one or not, uh, or see it, uh, about Vlardy, mm -hmm. how he linked up well with Dixon Ciceroni at Loudon in an attacking mid-roll. He's only gotten 40 minutes combined last two games. Uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know why we're not seeing him more. I really expected us to, but did you guys feel like he did much when he came into the game uh, this week? So, so for me, is Velarde the poster child of who we are this season? Uh, we, I think you guys talked about it last week. Uh, are we good against the bad teams and going to struggle against the really good teams? And is that Velarde, right? Like, I... I, I like him as a person. I think he has some attributes that I really like, but I continually see Velarde as the one player that I'm not sure why he's still here in the sense that if Bob talks about players that are replaceable, there are a lot of guys in the USL that have the same output that I've seen from Velarde this season and last season. 
Um, and I just wonder, does he do well against the teams that aren't very good, but when he gets against a team that is organized, knows what they're doing, puts some pressure on him, he's not quite there yet. I, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, I think that what's tricky, you know, when I think of who are our creative guys that I think can unlock a defense or can make a good pass, you know, I think of Kenny. Um, I think of Danny Griffin. I think of Velarde. And I think of Perez. And as a lot of people are pointing out in the chat, Perez didn't even make the 18 this week. Like, he wasn't even in the lineup. So, I don't why we're only sort of relying on two sort of creatives and Danny and Kenny and not really, you know, even whenever we bring in Velarde, oftentimes it's out wide. Um, whereas, you know, as Adam pointed out, his best spots seem to be right there in the middle beneath, um, you know, the two forwards. So I, I don't know, man, uh, like trying to guess what, why Lily's doing what Lily's doing. I, it's a fool's errand but like yeah. he, he does feel like a younger player i mean younger 25 i think yeah 25 and so like i just feel like he would be a player that you would expect to have more chances to prove himself in the game and to only get 40 minutes you know eh, it seems it seems weird to me or at least it, it feels like he could be contributing more uh if given the chance i mean is this the case where we just have we talked about this a little bit in the off season where we just have so much, you know, air quotes talent that like, we just don't know what to do with it where it's like you pick your starting 11 and you give the guys a run and you see how they do. And then you try to throw somebody else in to mix it up. But Oh hey. boy. I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. It doesn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it uh, is not showing up in the stats. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so much talent. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of agree a little more with, I, I'm probably somewhere in between, right? Like, like there's a lot of talent on an individual basis that I see when I'm watching these guys play. We're starting to see a little bit of that show fruition between Dixon and uh, Ciceroni. Um, it, but again, for me, it's that what? We had just over 30% of our starters return, right? Like, like it, it's that. And... I feel like we're still trying to find that synergy and we're having a lot of change week to week or game to game in who's starting. So we haven't really settled in. And I don't know when we start seeing that. So, so I think, that I think we will, but when? But that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that was something that the announcers were talking about. They're like, well, you know, the Hounds only returning X amount and it's going to, it's going to take them time for this team to gel. And I commented about that on Twitter and I said, look, you know, we're seven games in, like how long are you supposed to wait before this team gels? And, you know, granted, it's not the Hounds organization that's complaining about the gelling, it's fans and it's announcers and things like that. But like, we're seven games in, guys. Like the 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 solution to this is either return more than thirty percent of your starters, or have a longer preseason. There were a lot of teams that started their preseason well before we did, and it's like I, we we can't we can't use that as a crutch anymore. It's just it stinks. Yes, they clearly aren't gelling, but like, at what point does the season start for the Hounds? It's just like. <laughs> Can I get my pedestal out and talk about a lack <laughs> of leadership and defense? <laughs> like, like I, I mean, I look at this season, it reminds me a lot of the beginning of the 2019 season. But the big difference there is we still had Joe Greenspan and we still had uh, Tommy Van Kaiseel in center back positions, right? And then we go into last season. We still have Tommy V in center back. We go into this season and we have no returning center backs. Like, I don't think the other center backs that we had last season were very good. But they had Tommy V keeping them organized, knowing Bob Lilly's system after multiple years in that system, and being a really good center center back that could play ball. Yeah, We don't have that this year. We don't have the leadership. Like, we've got guys that are still trying to figure that out. It's not anything about the quality that I think these guys have or can have long term. But it's that consistency and that knowing what Bob wants of them and how that fits into the system. It's just not there. Wait, we, but we've only had one game where there's been a lot of goals scored against us. Like we had a, the first game, Rowdy scored three against us. And then after that, I'm like one goal here, one goal there. Like, and then 
Loudon scored two, which, you know, that's that's suspect right there. Like, I don't know how Loudon scores two against us. But, like, the point is, though, it's like, it's not like I, I get what you're saying with the defense not gelling, but placing the blame on the defense, I don't think is the issue really like it's like yes our defense isn't as good as it has been in the past but it's not bad like it's not like we're getting three scored against us every game it's the fact that we're also not scoring any either like if, <laughs> like if you're only letting in one goal every once in a while like let's say one goal a game that's not terrible defense but the fact that you can't score more than one goal every game uh is also the issue you know what i mean like it, it's almost like we're just mediocre in both the offense mm-hmm. and the defense Fair. and one of them has to be good and right now, neither Rome's good. They're both just mm-hmm. meh. Like yeah. we're we're okay at defense and we're okay at offense. Yeah. Like I, one of them needs to get better. Um, I I agree. I mean, I, I'll I'll comment on one thing. Um, we gave up two goals against Loudon because of Giovanni Bolivar, who is expected and is getting tested to be the next center forward for DC. Like that's why he's loaned to DC and loaned to Loudon. Like they want to see what he can be because they're thinking about buying this kid. And, and he's good. And that first goal was a great individual effort, right? Like, really good single player, right? Like, I, I don't know, though. But I, I also wonder, like, without that leadership, does that then cascade forward that every time the defense has to make a pass forward, like, nobody is in the right spot because there isn't that organization. I, maybe I need to watch a little bit more of this, but I haven't felt like, transition from offense into the midfield or offense in like long balls to the forwards are very good. I feel like we're just clearing a lot of stuff into the sideline. Like I, I feel like we've put a lot of balls onto the tracks or into the river this season already. And it's like, we've had seasons. It's at least it seems like to me where at home, we haven't had that many go that way. That's yeah. And but, uh, I, but I don't know. That's intuitive, right? Like, I don't know. This is, this is like, this is my feeling. So I don't, I don't have, the stats. I didn't think about it until just now. I'm yeah. just, it's, yeah, I'm frustrated. <laughs> One thing that we actually had, um, Liz was on uh, Lily's press conference this past week, and she asked him about the the Tommy V thing, where it was like, okay, you basically took a midfielder and turned him into a center back, um, and that sort of helped to you know start the flow forward. And she asked the question because after last week's game, he had Todd Wharton playing in defense a little bit. And so she said, you know, do you think you could do the same thing with Todd Wharton? And Lily was just like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, I mean, he, he elaborated a little bit, but it was just like, nope, like Todd did a good job, but like, he's a midfielder for us. I'm not going to turn him into a center back. Like, so that's clearly not in his plans. Um, for those of you who were thinking that, yeah. but uh I but mean, yeah. does Todd Wharton have the ability to pick out that pass that Tommy V has? No. <laughs> so yeah. I don't need I don't need him back there. <laughs> yeah. Um well guys, let's let's talk a little bit about we have a really quick turnaround. Um the guys were on the bus today to Indy. Uh rumor has it they basically take the bus directly to the field, get in a quick training session, and then go to the hotel from there. So um they are in Indy. They will no longer be playing in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. So we get to yeah, yeah no more no more like crazy lines everywhere all over the field trying to figure out what's in and out, which would be great. So that'll be good to see. Um, but we have Indy tomorrow, and then once again we have another quick turnaround with Tampa on Saturday. So, you know, looking at both of these teams, I think heading into the season, we would have been like, oh, and I, I still feel like, oh, but like a little bit better because Indy has slipped recently. They uh, they basically went draw, loss, loss in their last three games, and they have a goal differential of negative one. So to be fair, we have a goal differential of negative one as well, so we seem like we're kind of comparable teams at this point. Um, but, you know, Indy have only scored twice in their past three games. So they're letting in goals, and they're struggling to score. Um, we scored four goals over our past three games, so twice as many, still not great. Um Josh, you mentioned out of these three games, it felt like Miami was the most winnable one. And I think at the time, I totally agree with you. Out of these two, I'm feeling a lot better about Indy than I am of Tampa. What are your guys' thoughts on you know this game tomorrow night? Considering that we just played Saturday, we're going to have some tired legs. I'm going to guess that Lily's going to get some kind of rotation going. So we might see more of a Velarde or more of a Perez, uh, maybe a Williamson playing up front instead of Dequa. Steve, looking at your face, I can't, I can't, that's no, sense. I, I, 
Because I'm like, do I care about Indy anymore? Like, do you care about the the three points though? Like, I I agree. Yes, like, Indy used like, to be like the bad guy. Like, I hated Indy. Now and, I'm like, and Man. I just like. Indy is not like, okay, like, sure, they're in a similar position in the table as us, similar outcomes as us, right? Like, so maybe we, like, for me, if anything, we've stooped to Indy's level. Ooh, yeah. Right? Ouch. Like, Ouch. that's how little I feel about Indy at this uh. point. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about Indy like I was two seasons ago. Like, I hate losing to them because their fans are jerks, right? Like, put your stupid stickers on your own pull whatever <laughs> right like but it's like I, I i no i i'm not concerned about indy like like they're not as good as what they were three seasons ago and they haven't been right and and then what has happened they don't have tyler pasher so thank god i can watch that and i don't have to hear about tyler freaking pasher the <laughs> oh you're still gonna hear about night. him <laughs> no no i i guarantee you the announcers bring up pasher at least once i guarantee it <laughs> Oh, they'll bring him up, but he's not on the field, right? That's like, fair. That's it's fair. not a Tyler Pasher love fest. And, right, like, I, I don't know. Like, they've got some returning players that are fine. So, are, okay, let's let's do it we, right we now. We could be indie. How how confident are you in this? Are you saying three point, one point, no points? <laughs> so that's a really different question. Well, that, that <laughs> how I feel about the hounds again. <laughs> I'm not confident about Indy. I'm also not confident about the hounds at this point. So if you make me have to choose, like I say, we go in at pretty even footing. I, I Here's my issue. I feel like Indy and the hounds are almost in the same boat right now as far as quality. Um, both are not performing the greatest. Uh, I don't think either is a bad team necessarily. They're just not fully performing i do think the the ceiling is higher for the hounds mm-hmm. than it is for indy right now like i feel like at least we have that going for us but honestly we're, we're pretty much evenly matched as far as just how we've been performing goes and that worries me because with that thought the hounds are going in with a shorter time to recover from the last game because indy played last on the ninth on wednesday so they essentially have a full week recovery like normal they have two midweeks in a row so it's not like they're going to also be tired they're going to be at home so there's no travel time to worry about uh cramped legs or anything like that so like they have a couple of advantages going into this that the hounds don't and with them being kind of on par with the hounds right now that means you kind of got to figure indy has the upper hand in this game not by a lot it's not like i'm thinking like if this was tampa that we were playing i'd be like ugh. This is going to be rough, but it's going to be a game that's winnable, probably a draw, but I wouldn't be surprised by a loss, unfortunately. Okay. So you're, you're, I think that was really well put. If, you know, we're holding you to it, you saying a draw? Is that what yeah, you're unfortunately, I, I don't want to draw. Like, I feel like we need wins now. Like, it's, you know, now or never. I don't want to go and, you know, halfway through the season, be like, okay, we have more draws than anything, which is what it's looking like it's going to be. Yeah. Steve, how you feeling? Yeah. I mean, I, I got to go with a draw just because I, I can look at these next two games and I can find ways to, like, feel good about justifying zero points. Right, like, 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 or come up with arguments of why I think we get zero points out of the next two games, get two points out of the next two games, get four points out of the next two games, or get six points out of the next two games. And it all hinges on do we put it all together? If we put it all together, we can beat both of these teams. If we don't put it all together, or we put it all together in one game, we're looking at two or four points. And if we don't, we could lose both of these games. So if you're going to ask me, I, I, I got to pick the middle ground and, and pick the draw. In this now, there is one good news. We do have a way field advantage as far as the Hounds goes because that's the only time we win. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? How are you, how are you feeling about it? Uh, um, it's the same thing. Like I, I think I made the comment to you guys after this game that I would love to see this team put together even 70 minutes of just like mm-hmm. of having it all together. And we're just not there yet. And I, I think until we get there, I think that we're going to talk a little bit about Loudon and Red Bull, where we got our wins. Um, 
I'm just worried that there are other teams that have it together. So it's an uphill battle for us until we can get everything to click. Um, you know, I, it was a, a soccer rabbi. Her buddy Mark made a comment after the game that said, "Find somebody that looks at you the way the Hounds look at early season draws." Like that just <laughs> like that's just I'm oh, like, yeah, that's really well put. That's like spot on. Um, uh, wolf. That's just that's where we're at. That's where we're at. But I mean, look, we're we're closing in on being a third of the way through the season already. I mean, like we literally after these two games, we'll be what one game away from being a third of the way through the season. And so you've got to be slightly worried, you know, with that in mind. So I think okay, okay, but do we? We're four points out of second place. Yeah. Like, like, like are we going to be top in the Atlantic Division this year? No, like, like I mean, unless there's a catastrophic implosion, like, like early aughts, like Red Sox type implosion. Tampa Bay's taking the division, right? Like, they've got to really start screwing up. But we're only four points back from Charlotte, and they're in second place, right? Like, it does. It's only a couple results our way, and a few negative results for the teams ahead of us. We're beating those teams in our games coming up, and we're right up there again, right? So I'm not concerned in that sense that the – sure, we're a third of the way through, but we're not that far off. We're also not that far off from being bottom, right? So it's like we have control of where we end up. We have to start winning games. I mean, the good news is I think we play Loudon and Red Bull six more times. So, you know, we have that going for us. Look, I, and that that sort of gets into one other point that I wanted to make here. You know, it's looking. I don't want to say it looks grim. Uh, I'm going to predict a draw on Indy just because I'm taking the middle road like you guys. Um, I could see it being a win, which would be great. Tampa, if we go in and we completely park the bus and get a nil-nil draw, I might be happy about that because it's like, hey, look, we can keep balls out of our net against a team who you know scoring three or four a game for fun. So like, great. Um, so, you know, one point out of the next two games, sure. The bright side is once we get to the other side of that, our next mm-hmm. six games, we play the Red Bulls twice. We play mm-hmm. Loudon twice. Mm-hmm. We play Charleston once, and we play Charlotte once. Charlotte we haven't beat yet. We've beaten Red Bulls already this year. Mm-hmm. We've beaten Loudon this year, and Charleston is struggling as well. So, like – very quickly, this could all turn around. Now, where I'm conflicted is I would love to see us playing superb soccer and losing than playing like crap and winning because I feel like we get back into that conversation that we had last year where it was like, is the only reason why we're top of the division because everybody else in the, in the division stinks? And then you get to the playoffs and you get the floor wiped with you. And it's just like... But I guess beggars can't be choosers as well. I don't know. I mean, to say something, guys. I don't know what to say at this point. Why <laughs> did you say it that way, Mike? Because <laughs> that's my concern. We can we can be in second in this division, and we can get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Or we might make it to the second round and play Indy or play Louisville, right? Like, I, it's, it's the when do we cross the threshold from being the – good team that doesn't do anything in the playoffs but we're not even at that point because we got to be that good team in the division first yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know i mean it's a situation where it's like yeah we play you know Loudon and red bulls like six times coming up but like so does everyone else in our division Mm -hmm. like it's not like it's uh you know we we have the upper hand here everyone else is doing that too so I am concerned because right now it's feeling like, so like, what do you think? Uh, Charlotte is really going to be the competition. Like, I don't know, like who, who are we competing with as far as like to get second place? What is it? The first two places in the division or in our top four, make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Well, that's good. All right. Okay. I, I, I mean, it, it's, it will make the playoffs probably. I hope. If if not, we've done it's, something terribly wrong. But it, it, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. For me, the so I, I'll say two things on this. The benefit of after these upcoming two games of playing the two teams 
twice in the next six is finding a way to start doing some things offensively and start winning some games and putting the pieces together fully if we don't do that in the next two games, right? Like that's the benefit for me of having four out of six against New York and Loudoun. Um, because Josh is absolutely right. Everybody should be picking up points against them. I mean, if if Charleston doesn't start picking points up against them, like then Charleston's a really crappy team this season, which I don't expect them to be. Charlotte's the team that like, we need to get that win. Um, yeah, like, let's get some points out of these next two. Then we can look at those next six. Then we can say, how do we start actually using those games that we think are easy as ways to refine how we move forward to the season so that by the time we get to the postseason, we're clicking and we're doing well and we're trying to beat some of those teams that pose challenges to us historically. Yeah, because we can we can beat you know obviously New York and Loudon that puts us in sixth place. That means there needs to be two other teams that we're better than in mm-hmm. our group. Uh, Charleston probably, mm-hmm. and is it Miami then? Is it like like is that who we're saying we're better than? Because we have to beat Miami out then to get into fourth place. Uh, so at that point, it's like if that's the case, we have to start gelling before they do, and that's what worries me. Are we not so better than Hartford? I mean, no, not right now. Hartford's actually doing I mean, pretty good. I mean, their goal differential is eight. Yeah, ours is but negative that's because one. They put seven on New York. Well, that's a good point. I forgot right? about that. And, Holy and, crap! And <laughs> we tied a game against them where we had control of the game until after a red card, and then they pulled the goal back. Right? Like, like we it could easily be they could be plus seven goal differential, and we could be even on goal differential. But we could have ten points, and they could have eight points. Right? Like, we could be in the top four had Kenny not gotten that ridiculous red card that he should have never gotten. Herumph. We'll yeah. Talk about All right. That. I feel better. <laughs> I feel a little bit better. Thank right? you like, I, I, I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel like Hartford's that good. I, I think that the, the big thing for me for these next six games is, uh, or I shouldn't say next six, the, the next eight really, is the mentality shift for the guys. I think this gives them the opportunity to, figure things out Mm -hmm. to start putting, you know, wins sort of beget wins. Um, You got to learn how to win the same way that you learn everything else. And I think that the pieces are there. So if you start to figure it out, you start to build some of that confidence, then great. Um, If they don't during the stretch, then I think we all start to go, Oh crap, because at some point you got to go on a run. You have to. And once we get through, these next eight games, we're going to be sitting pretty darn close to halfway through the season. And if we haven't made a run yet and we haven't shown that we can beat these teams consistently, then when? And it's just, that's when I think you get nervous. So I don't know if you want to throw it up there. Adam Marks put up uh, Hartford already ahead on points, has two games in hand too. Valid point. I think that's really important. But then I look at our schedule, right? Like the reason for that is they haven't had the midweek games we've had yet. We've got a congested schedule coming up. We hit September 4th. Uh, that's when our congestion ends. And then we are weekend to weekend for the rest of the season. That gives us the space and the time, right? Like, then those teams are having to make up points on busy schedules. And we're playing every every weekend instead of playing midweek games. And I think that's when, like, if we're clicking and we've already stayed close, right? Like, until that point when... Like, I'm not worried about games in hand and whatnot until we're the team with games in hand. Uh, I was say, two seasons ago, that was when Indy imploded. Right. When they were, like, top yeah. of the standards and they had all those midweek games. And yep. Just, yep. So, yeah. And we've got a really nice end-of-the-season schedule. What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. Yeah, yeah and, something like that. Eight, and something where it's like Charlotte, games. Hartford. Right. Yeah, right. they're not I against mean, like the big, big teams other than Tampa is one of them. Yeah, I mean, but, but we've got nine games at the end of the season without midweek games. That's really encouraging for me. That's our opportunity to say, hey, this is who we are. And we've got some of those good teams as well. I don't know how good San Antonio is. I haven't even looked. Who knows where they'll be <laughs> at that point. They're in there. We've got the Rowdies. We've got Charlotte. We've got Miami twice. We've got... Charleston twice. I'm sorry, the Miami, whatever. <laughs> I just don't want to have to wait until September to actually enjoy the, the, the yeah. season. You know what I, I'm saying? I get that. We need but to be better before then. We need to be better. 
But if we're sitting at somewhere between third and fifth until that point, like I'm not concerned as long as we're doing well, right? Because there are going to be teams that are going to end up dropping points at that point. I don't know what any of you guys are talking about because we're not supposed to look at standings until 10 games in anyway. <laughs> so this is all just nonsense to me. I don't know. What Can we lower it to like eight or nine games since we've got a game or two less this season? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, first we obviously have to get through these next two games. Um, you know, the guys start with Indy tomorrow night. It's going to be on ESPN. No, the league was plugging it. It'll be on ESPN Plus for sure. I can't remember where else it's going to be. But um, deep. Deport or something like that. I think it's oh ESPN Deportes. Yes. yes. Um. So there you go. You can check it out on ESPN Deportes. Hopefully, you know, with the uh, with Spanish announcers, which would be amazing. Um. So I'm gonna have to check that out. Um. So obviously, best of luck to the guys tomorrow. We'll see what sort of rotation. We'll see how that ultimately impacts Tampa on the weekend. Um. If nothing else, I think it could be interesting. We could learn something about this team over these next two games that we haven't previously seen. Um, you know, if nothing else, sort of where Lily favors certain guys given crunch situations, what the mentality is heading into these games when we're tired after playing three games in a week. You know, how do we bounce back from that sort of adversity? I think there's a lot to be learned. On the road, the guys tend to, tend to, to do better on the road. So... Who knows? We will see. Um, and then we can get into all the crazy fun, <laughs> air quotes, crazy fun six games after that. But uh, we going to do an over under for these next two. Let's. Uh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> all right. I'm going to put the I'm going to put the over under one and a half. Are you taking the over or the under, Steve? Oh. <laughs> if I'm honest, I'm taking the under. But what I want is the over. If they beat Indy, they get the over. Right, right. So That's it's... Like, like, we can get three points out of these two games. Yeah. We can get two points out of these two games. We could end up with one. It feels like you're three. trying to convince yourself, though, that, like, we could get three points. <laughs> so what is it? Over or under? It's the under. We're getting You're taking point. the under? We're getting one point. We're, Josh? We're Indy and... Yeah, I, I feel like the under has to be because I, I, I don't have any confidence in beating Rowdies. Like, it, it's, it's all about the Rowdies, and I, I don't feel confident that we can beat the Rowdies. I feel confident that we can draw Indy. I feel okay about winning against Indy, but I feel confident about drawing Indy. So, it, yeah, it has to be the under, unfortunately. Yeah, my heart says the over, my head says the under. That's I'm I'm doing the exact same thing. My my heart says the over. My uh, my head says the under. So let us know what you think. We'll put it at one and a half points. Everybody who's uh, in the chat, let us know. Are you taking the over or the under? Um, do you think it'll be one point or do you think it'll be two or more? Um, it'll be interesting. So, guys, I think that is it for this one. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on here? No, nope, that's all I got. Steve, you good? I mean, just go buy awesome USLW or Hugh Roberts merch. Also, yep. uh, I don't know if Hugh's listening or if he does listen to our pod, uh, but Hugh, you better show up uh, on July 3rd at the tailgate. You told me you'd be there. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Come say hi. <laughs> I got him on Twitter DM to tell me he'd come say hi. So... <laughs> Listen, I, we know Hugh. We know if it was up to Hugh, he would totally be right, there. Right. So it's if just a matter not, of... It's, that's because the team is. That's what we'll say. That, that exactly. Charlotte Independence is a crappy organization. It doesn't <laughs> their players. Come say hi to the fans that still love them, even though they're gone. Uh, <laughs> agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, let's get out of here, guys. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening and participating in the live show that we're here. Obviously, we, we read a bunch of comments. Um, if you're considering joining us live, join us live. It's fun. We have There's a lot of other comments back and forth in the chat um, that sometimes don't make it to air. So we really appreciate everybody that's here. Head over to mongols.com. Click on the support the show to become a Patreon follower. I keep saying that we're going to do something for Patreon. I think it might be a scarf, but we'll see. We might come up with something else. Um, so, yeah. Mongols.com, please support the show. This is your weekly reminder. Black lives still matter. Um, I want one of those shirts. I don't know if the team sells them, like the training shirts, but I think those are awesome. Uh, and as always, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of USL, MLS, and US soccer. The custom scarves, your group or team at Roughneck Scarves, 
Com. Tired of the same old cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to BGN.FM where we've now got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that go up on the site every single week. Go check them out at BGN.FM. Otherwise, Thank you, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon.